Welcome to Immigrant Song, a podcast on the subject of immigration in the United States. I'm your host, Robert Stribley. In each episode, we'll discuss a specific and timely topic on the subject of immigration. You'll hear facts and figures, but also interviews with people who are experts or who've been affected by our immigration laws. In this episode, we'll discuss how the harshest critics of undocumented immigrants misuse rhetoric and data in an attempt to convince the public that these immigrants are violent criminals. You'll hear excerpts from my interview with Walter Ewing of the American Immigration Council on the topic too. The most notorious statement to drip from Donald Trump's lips in those first fiery days of his political career was a broad and bombastic smear. He described illegal immigrants entering the United States from Mexico as violent criminals. Those words should be awfully familiar by now. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Those slurs aren't true, but critics of undocumented immigrants often reel them off as if they were. The facts, however, reveal something completely different. Crime rates are lower amongst immigrants, illegal or otherwise, and their communities are often among the safer spaces to live in the United States. We'll get to the data which proves that, but first let's take a closer look at what's really being done here, because it's not just Trump who's pushing this myth. During the National Convention, the Republicans took pains to present three understandably grieving parents to graphically make the case that illegal immigrants are violent criminals. These families have suffered in ways that no one should have to, and no one should deny their personal pain and anguish. However, the Republicans selected their stories to create a narrative and to reinforce a fallacy, and they did this in a way which allows them some semblance of plausible deniability. They can say, we never said illegal immigrants are all violent criminals, even if Trump has already said as much. Instead, they string these incidents of violence together with the clear intention of letting people draw their own conclusions. Consider that the Bush administration used this same rhetorical tactic to convince some 70% of the U.S. public that Iraq attacked us on 9-11. They used the words Iraq and 9-11 in the same breath repeatedly without ever actually saying Iraq attacked us on 9-11. That gave them plausible deniability if anyone ever accused them of saying Iraq attacked us. In an interview with Meet the Press, Dick Cheney even admitted, I think it's not surprising that people make that connection. Certainly not surprising since the administration had strung Iraq together with 9-11 rhetorically for months by that point. So the Trump crowd uses this trick, this propaganda device to convince people that undocumented immigrants are equivalent to violent criminals. Obviously, Trump isn't terribly sophisticated about it. His language is blunt and vulgar. What the Republicans did at their convention displayed at least a modicum more sophistication. They let the speakers do the work for them. They offered no statistics, no data, and no context whatsoever for the stories the speakers told. 
Nonetheless, they provided enough fodder to convince the credulous that a high number of illegal immigrants must be violent criminals. If you're looking for real data to show that undocumented immigrants commit violent crimes at a higher rate than native-born Americans, you'll be hard-pressed to find it. What you can find, however, is data showing that immigrants are less likely to commit violent crimes or to be found in jail. In a July 2015 report, the American Immigration Council shows that holds true for both legal immigrants and the unauthorized regardless of their country of origin or level of education. For example, the Council shows that from 1990 to 2013, the number of undocumented immigrants did triple from 3.5 million to 11.2 million. However, the violent crime rate also fell 48% during that time and the property crime rate fell 41% as well. So crime rates have gone down as the immigration rate has gone up. Furthermore, via a 2010 survey, the report's authors found that about 1.6% of immigrant males from the ages of 18 to 39 were incarcerated. Compare that against 3.3% of the native-born population. You'll note that those statistics refer to immigrants in general, not undocumented immigrants specifically. So some critics will claim that if you could tease out the undocumented immigrants from that population, you'd find a higher violent crime rate amongst them. The problem is there's no evidence to support that. Consider also that separating the authorized immigrants from the unauthorized is rather difficult. The U.S. Census is the best source of data on immigrants for the United States. However, here's what Walter Ewing, the senior author of that American Immigration Council report, explained to me. The census mm -hmm. does not differentiate according to legal status. So there's no way you can directly tease out undocumented immigrants using census data. Instead, we're left with a couple of indirect ways to draw conclusions about undocumented immigrants and any proclivities they may have towards violent crime. But what a colleague of mine did was he looked at the census data for uh, Mexican, Salvadoran, and Guatemalan men without a high school diploma who were age uh, 18 to, um, oh God, I forget what it was. Mm -hmm. It's in the document. Is it yep. 49 or something? And you can be pretty sure that the majority of those people are undocumented, so it's an indirect measure. Among these 18 to 39-year-old male immigrants then, there was a 2.8% incarceration rate amongst Mexican men. Compare that with a rate of 10.7% amongst similarly educated native-born men. The rate was as low as 1.7% amongst Salvadoran and Guatemalan men. The other way you would measure it, and again, this is indirect, is look at cities that have had a large influx of undocumented immigrants and how have their crime rates trended over the previous 10 years. Um, so that's another indirect measure you can give. This includes so-called gateway cities like Miami, Chicago, El Paso, San Antonio, San Diego, and Austin. Again, in all of these cities, the crime rates are falling. Not rising, but falling.
In many ways, this is all old news. As long as we've had immigrants in this country, people have tried to conflate immigrants and violent crime. In the original essay this episode is based upon, I included an 1877 cartoon portraying Chinese immigrants as dirty, murderous criminals, which appeared in San Francisco's The Wasp. And previously, I posted another cartoon from an 1881 issue of Puck magazine, which vilified Irish immigrants as criminals and terrorists. And yet, Ewing and his colleagues point out that studies over the past 100 years typically reach the same conclusion, that you'll find lower crime rates amongst immigrants than native-born Americans. They point to studies in three different decades, which attempted to show that criminality increased amongst the immigrant populations. Instead, they each concluded the opposite. Some suggest that crime in the undocumented immigrant community is unreported because those individuals are afraid of reporting crime because they may be detected and then deported. However, you can't avoid considering another pretty intuitive, logical dynamic. These same immigrants are more likely to operate within the law in order to avoid detection and deportation, creating safer communities as a result. That's the conclusion Ewing and his co-authors reached as well. But they determined that, quote, the terminological sleight of hand inherent in the government's definition of criminal alien perpetuates and exacerbates the fallacy of a link between immigration and crime, unquote. Consider this, too. Even if data could be presented to show higher crime rates amongst undocumented immigrant communities in some areas, that would not mean that the overall crime rate is higher for undocumented immigrant communities. If this sounds glaringly obvious, it's nonetheless an argument that's repeated constantly in the media, by politicians, and of course in the comment sections of any given website. It's much like someone arguing there's no global warming because they had a cold winter in their town. Data from a single area might differ from a national average, but that does not mean the overall statistics are invalid. So data is easy to misuse. Sadly, it's also easy to fabricate. Take, for example, Tom Tancredo's claim in an August 2015 Breitbart article that illegal aliens accounted for 30% of murders in many states. He offered more detailed statistics, including the following. Quote, between 2008 and 2014, 40% of all murder convictions in Florida were criminal aliens. In New York, it was 34%, and Arizona, 17.8%, unquote. Another quote, During these years, criminal aliens accounted for 38% of all murder convictions in the five states of California, Texas, Arizona, Florida, and New York, while illegal aliens constitute only 5.6% of the total population in those states, unquote. Problem with those statistics? They're dead wrong. So wrong that PolitiFact wrote a detailed rebuttal of Tancredo's piece and demonstrated that his figures were greatly inflated, sometimes five times larger than any verifiable figures. They gave him a flat false rating on their truthometer. However, the Breitbart piece stands today without correction despite the PolitiFact takedown. The researcher Tancredo quoted even reached out himself to Breitbart to complain his work had been referenced improperly. 
Three and a half years later, there's still no indication of any of these inaccuracies or their rebuttals appending that piece. Consequently, it continues to be shared on social media amongst the far right as evidence of horrific murder rates by undocumented immigrants, despite the fact that it's complete fiction. Of course, Breitbart doesn't care to correct Tancredo's shoddy diatribe because it reinforces a narrative about undocumented immigrants that the website embraces, and it reinforces what many people who read Breitbart want to believe. Similarly, many critics are fond of reaching for anecdotal evidence to paint undocumented immigrants as violent criminals. Walter Ewing agrees that these anecdotal stories do not undermine the overall statistics either. Well, I mean, you can, you can find many examples of any particular group of people committing horrible crimes. Right. White men, uh, white women, uh, black men, black women, I mean, everyone. You can find the anecdotes, but that has nothing to do with crime rates. On those stories shared by grieving parents at the Republican National Convention, Ewing also noted, You could just as easily have gotten someone up there to talk about Sandy Hook and um, the dangers posed by white men with automatic weapons. We should discuss undocumented immigrants in federal prison, too. Did you know there is a high number of undocumented immigrants in our federal prisons? Another Breitbart article offers a figure of almost 37%. While Donald Trump says there are hundreds of thousands of undocumented immigrants in our state and federal prisons, Trump's figure, unsurprisingly, is flat-out wrong. In fact, Undocumented immigrants make up 4 or 5% of our nation's entire inmate population. While closer to the truth, the statistic Breitbart presents deserves further examination. First, the overall federal prison population is relatively small compared to the overall prison population, about 10% of it in 2013. And second, the overwhelming majority of these undocumented immigrants, 76% in 2013 for example, are in federal prisons solely for immigration violations, not for other violent crimes. Again, here's Walter Ewing. I mean, okay. if you get people in there for immigration violations, that does not make them violent criminals. It just means because they're immigrants, they're in the federal system. Um, and the, but the other important point is that only, I think, about 9% of all prisoners in the United States are in federal prisons. 91 are in state and local jails. So you get a very distorted look, picture of the immigrant population if you only look at federal prisons. Still, some continue to use these statistics to infer that those individuals are in federal prisons due to horrific violent crimes such as drug trafficking, human trafficking, murder, or kidnapping. It's important to examine the circumstances that created this situation, too. As the Pew Research Center explains, the growing presence of undocumented immigrants in federal prisons can be attributed to the tougher enforcement of unlawful re-entry convictions. In other words, immigrants were increasingly being administered federal charges because they entered or attempted to enter the United States illegally more than once. For example, between 1998 and 2010 alone, growth in the number of immigration offenders accounted for 56% of the increase in federal prison admissions. And in 2005, the U.S. Border Patrol began to significantly reduce the number of voluntary returns they allowed upon seizing immigrants, sending them to prison instead. Additionally, they streamlined the process for prosecution under a so-called zero-tolerance program called, well, Operation Streamline. In other words, 
the undocumented immigration population is growing in federal prisons because we've gotten much, much tougher on illegal immigration. This raises two important points. First, though the harshest critics of undocumented immigrants enjoy highlighting these federal prison statistics, they typically downplay the actual reason they're imprisoned. Secondly, you could argue the data shows the system is working as more individuals are being captured and their offenses are being treated more severely. Some might argue too severely. So those who offer this data point should also acknowledge that more undocumented immigrants are being prosecuted than ever before. You're not likely to see Donald Trump or Breitbart.com or others of their ilk highlight that fact, however. Given these arguments, of course, some critics will respond that even one violent crime, one death at the hands of an undocumented immigrant is too many. After all, such a tragedy wouldn't have happened if the undocumented immigrant weren't here. But this emotion-laden argument still thrives on ignoring the data showing undocumented immigrants aren't committing acts of violence at rates equal to native citizens. It's a convenient argument because it sounds logical, but it ignores that violent crimes exist regardless of who's committing them. It typically hopes to act in service of the idea that we should deport some 11 million undocumented immigrants from the country despite their overall decidedly peaceful status. The same argument is also used to prevent refugees from entering the country. We're told if there's a terrorist attack originating from, quote, radical Islamic quarters, then we must keep all people from Muslim countries out of our own country, despite the fact that the numbers of people committing such crimes are astronomically, astronomically small. Obviously, many folks offering these arguments don't care about such trifles as statistics or data. Still, it's important for us all to understand the true nature and the true scale of the issue so we can at least argue for accuracy and integrity in this public debate. Furthermore, there is a sizable group of people out there open to adjusting their understanding of these issues when presented with the facts. They're just not getting to see them. Instead, they're getting daily doses of rhetorical trickery and distorted data, whether it's from Donald Trump's ham-fisted arguments and his thuggish name-calling, or the Republican Party's moderately more refined stream of propaganda. There may be good reasons to remove many undocumented immigrants from the country. There may not be. Removing all of them would be both impossible and profoundly inhumane and we already deport about 400,000 people per year. There may be many good reasons to entertain ways of discouraging undocumented immigrants from entering the country in the first place. Remembering, though, that the numbers of undocumented immigrants entering this country has been in decline for several years now. There may be many good reasons to overhaul our immigration system. Let's look at them. But let's not take a group of already deeply disadvantaged immigrants and vilify them as a horde of violent criminals. It's not true, and it's not right. You'll find a link to the original essay this episode was based on in the episode description, as well as links to other well-researched articles. 
If you like what you heard in this episode, feel free to support the podcast on Patreon. Your support will help make this a better project. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash immigrant song. You can also follow this project on Twitter or on Facebook. Just search for Immigrant Song. Our opening music is Mexico City Blues 2 by Los Negretes. Our closing music is A Meditation on Flight by Alpin, with interstitial music Satellite Bloom by Puddington Bear. This has been Robert Stribley. Thanks for listening.